Welcome back to the Delia Dad podcast here on episode number 38 here on a Ooh, awesome day, Dad. As we get to welcome you into the podcast, as always, it's always a joy to have you. And right now we'll get to what day it is today, but Dad, welcome to episode 38. Well, thank you. And and once again, you know, uh, listening to this new device, it's like, ooh, baby. Yeah, I know. It's it's after so much trial and error. Um, well, it, it's always, it's, I think we have an idea of how, how it works. Um, there's always things to grow and things to improve on, things to learn. But for now, I think it sounds good to us. And I think it will sound good to the audience. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it travels through time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it travels through time. Like I... It just traveled the week. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so, today is a May twenty fourth. Correct. And a beautiful day, and in the life of the church, and in the life of our family. And so, I'll let you share the news. No, no, no. I, I want for you to say the one, the, the heavenly news. The heavenly news. So today's feast day is the feast of Mary, help of Christians. Ooh. Right, and that's very dear, near and dear to our hearts since we're Salesian family, half Salesian, half Augustinian. So, um, but in, in, in all things, we, we get to celebrate these awesome feast days because today, again, it is a feast of Mary, Hope of Christians, whom uh, she is the patroness of the Salesian order. She is the one who is the guide, and St. John Bosco made it very clear that whatever you may need, whenever you're in doubt and despair, in times of trouble, in times of trial or suffering, whatever the case is, even in times of joy. Seek Our Lady, help of Christians. Yes, and 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 of course, this family follows the tradition of the twenty fourth, and being the twenty fourth, that it is a happy day for us. You know, it, it is very helpful Christmas day, and, and literally today, uh, as you mentioned, as as the feast, and we have a lot of history on this. You know, there's a lot of history over it, and of course, as we were um, having the experience of you guys going through Catholic school. Um, this was a big day. Uh, it was a fun day. It was a celebration day. And um, we, in a way, have brought in that same celebration into our own dining table, into our own, you know, home. And um, your mom was very much uh, very part of that. And, uh, you know, it is it is mom's day, too. So, yeah, you know, it's mom's literally, day. Literally. And literally, and that's, and I, I know that it's a big thing I share with the students, too, that today's mom's day. And in, in our in our lives, you know, it's both moms, you know, right? Mama Mary and, you know, it was weird because I actually heard the expression for the first time, um, in prayer. Um, in Spanish, you know how we we pray, you know, we say Mama Mary. And I know I use that a lot, especially with my students. I heard for the first time, I never heard it before in, in a prayer, uh, Mamita Maria. Mamita Maria. And yes. so it's like ah, oh, so sweet. When I heard when I, when I heard it for the first time, I was just like ah, oh, my heart. Yeah. Like I never just the, the 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 entrustment of a kid as one would. That's how they would address her, you know, Mamita Maria. Yeah. And so today's a big day. You know that that, that reminds me of the song that um, your mom taught you guys. Mi pensamiento eres tu mamá. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that Mamita Maria really kind of embraces that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, it's a really good thing, and I think it's it's uh, today's a really special day. So it's an invitation for you guys to um, pray rosaries, if not the whole rosary, pray a decade of the rosary, um, you know. And it's just one of those reminders. Have you talked to mom lately? Yeah. You know. Really. Have you talked to mom lately? And if the answer is no, then today is a good day to start. And or whenever you hear this podcast, obviously you won't hear this on May twenty fourth, but you'll hear this at some point. Um, nonetheless, 
um, it is an invitation to talk to mama. And if you have been doing it, then by all means, continue to do so, especially for those who won't do that today. Right. And I would even go a little bit further. And um, maybe if, if, if um, you know, how busy we are and we don't have the time to offer it to Mary, uh, make you feel guilty. Yeah. No. Um, at least do a unique thing. You know, our Blessed Mother has always, you know, is constantly trying to get us closer to her son, Jesus. Well, I, I challenge you just to go ahead and, you know, any parish of your choice, um, without getting down from the car, you know, your vehicle, and just park and say that Hail Mary, you know, para Mamita Maria. That is so good. Just just do that. Just, just That's all you got to do. And it, it's a simple way to say, I remember you too. And of course, you're doing it through the son, her son. And, and of course, uh, the son that is now our savior. And of course, it's just a moment, you know, just a moment to be able to share something in common with our Blessed Mother. I think it's really uh, remarkable that we get to actually enjoy um, this awesome privilege, privilege yeah. with Jesus that his mom is our mom. Right. And we get to call. But it's almost bro. It's <laughs> almost <laughs> bro to Jesus. Um, and yeah, and it's true. Like Jesus is our, our brother. And, and that's why we, you know, little mini, 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 mini lesson. That's why whenever the priest says, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I didn't know that too recently. Like, uh, it's weird. I didn't zapping. never. Yeah, it was zapping. one of those things where. fall for something. I know. You know, <laughs> so um, it was one of those things where. I someone told me about someone just made it clear like how you always hear it in mass but you don't understand it like, right. oh yeah we're all one family no right. but then when you look deeper into it the fact that Mary's mom that makes Jesus brother you know and it just it makes sense like if one pays attention for the it first comes time. to whole yeah yeah it comes all together yeah and so I think that was really really uh, a really good um, reality check that we are all part of Christ's mystical body and at the same time we're all one family and in doing so we're all brothers and sisters in Christ we gotta learn it some way somehow yeah yep. <laughs> You're never too, it's never too late it's never too late never 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 so also today happens to be a very special birthday Woo! okay a very special birthday to one of our well for us one of our uh, granddaughters and of course to you one of your, your nieces so Alicia um, today turns four. Ooh, a big four now. So, um, happy birthday to Alicia, our granddaughter. And um, she was named after uh, your grandmother. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that meant a lot to your mom. I remember when I told her about the name, oh, we broke down. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. But um, Alicia has been like every single godchildren that. That God has given us, and I say God children because I think that's a little taste of what grandkids are. Um, they are a special blessing, and there's different ways how grandparents view their grandchildren, and they have a certain preference over their kids and what have you. But nevertheless, um, Alicia, um, happy birthday! Um, blessed birthday, birthday blessings. So um, we're very happy for her. Congratulations to mom and dad and to her siblings. Okay. And from heaven, there's a big hug and big kiss. Definitely. And it's what a, what a day. Yeah. What a day to celebrate your birthday. Um, the Feast of Mary, Hope of Christians. That's right. That's right. So 
And of course, today happens to be the fourth Monday of the month. And normally we have um, scheduled the Monday Married Man. And what episode we're in for. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Because um, just a couple of days ago, we were able to fulfill that. We had in our podcast, Constantino Segundo Vera, who is now the husband of Rebecca Ramirez. So crazy. Okay. So awesome. So now he is part of the tribe, uh, literally married into um, with the sacrament of matrimony with, with Becky. And we have had him in the podcast before and we, we got them. And it would have been awesome to have him today here. But I said, no, let him, let him cook a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> let them experience a little bit of a marriage and then we'll bring him back after a certain number of months to see how they're doing. But um, nevertheless, this is uh, an episode that is going to help us understand a great deal. And, and talking about, you know, weddings, um, it, it's incredible how I have discovered things that I have heard from other people. I have heard from, you know, many couples within Precana. And, and uh, after the, act, the beautiful event of the, the rite of marriage within the wedding itself, uh, the sacrament of matrimony, and having their reception and all these things that take place, okay? Um, how they share about things that happen at the wedding. And usually things that, you know, um, people forget. Um, The wedding is for them. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's for the couple. It's their time. And many times um, that is kind of stolen, (laughs) taken away um, without, I don't know if it's the intention or ill intention or just the selfishness of it. But even the close family members uh, many times take away the happiness out of it because they have to bring in their own attitude they have to bring in their own way of thinking their own desires their own likes and they forget this is their time this is their day and we're supposed to accommodate to them you know that's what a sacrament is when it comes to the people who are receiving it you know we do it in baptism although many times baptism they forget about the child and continue with the celebration okay same thing happens, and, and I think we, we kind of geared more into First Holy Communion, the sacrament of the Eucharist. We did celebrate the kid a little bit more on that mm-hmm. one. Yet, there again, there is a sense of, ya acabamos, ya la hizo, ya hizo su comunión. And, um, you know, we, we forget that this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship that they're going to have with God through the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. And then, then it happens again in confirmation. And again, it, it is a candidate who is really, you know, enjoying the moment. And many times, you know, family, um, either immediate or relatives, uh, because of the certain selfishness that exists in our society, they, they take away, you know. And, and I saw that in this particular wedding. Um, and it was only just a mass. Okay, it was only just a mass. We couldn't do a reception because of all the situation with the COVID. Uh, it's sad to say that you know many times there's there's things out there that is not convenient for the families. It's all a business, and many times there there's some things that you know we need to be better in our community to help each other out. And um, 
when it comes to the craziness on the guidelines and craziness on um, reservations and the cost for everything. It, it's just overwhelming and, in, and insecure. So basically, the, the couple or the family who are putting this together are the ones that pretty much pay up, literally, when it comes to the economic uh, situation. But nevertheless, that's a different thing. Uh, I come back to the point of... Um, this particular marriage, like any other marriage, they go through so many things, so many preparations, so many things of putting it together. And it seems like if they're going to perform to everybody so everybody can be pleased. And I think we have a wrong conception of that. Because as family, when we come together, we come to, to unite our joy with them. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that in our wedding with with your mom and I, you know, we decided um, no banquet. We were not going to offer a meal. And, and the reason for it was either or. If you're going to offer a meal, we can only afford for so many people. And only those people can be invited. Yet a lot of people knew us and they wanted to be part of that joy. So we agreed on on, on making sure that we would not have a banquet because we can't. We'd rather have your company and let us, you know, join us to this happiness. Join us to this beginning of life. Join us to this sacrament that God is giving us and he's giving himself to us and making us these two different people become one body, become one love. Well, I think that in doing that, uh, we decided to actually, yeah, you know, Let's not have a banquet, but let's invite everybody who wants to come in. And, and, and in doing so, uh, I, I saw this again in, in, in Becky's and, and Constantino wedding where we only had the mass. All right, We only had the mass because in a year we're going to have the official or, you know, the, the corresponding uh, celebration in the reception. Yeah. And an anniversary one, one year later. And, and then we were able to cater to everybody else and invite in because hopefully by then things will be better mm -hmm. and they look that way, they're getting better and, and be able to celebrate that way. But I wanted to give them um, something important because I, I felt like, you know, this pandemic, like to a lot of couples has taken so much from them. And because we're uniting ourselves with them, I wanted to say, you know, let's just send them off right after the church. And and I, I decided and I coordinated. I did what we called and um, basically what we had a family dinner. His immediate family, our immediate family. And of course, part of the immediate family that they were celebrating was this, the court. You know, the damas and, and escorts, uh, bridesmaids, all, all this court is part of that same family because they're sacrificing and giving themselves and joining into the life and joy of that wedding. So when we, we came together for that, it, it was just selective, which, which means, you know, immediate family. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it, it's sad how um, one is judged by that. And it, it, it's sad how our society is conditioning us, is conditioning us to be selfish, in, in the sense that um, our voice, our opinion, you know, gets in the way, and they forget that that voice, that opinion, hurts them. You know, and it, and it's sad because I lived it. You know, I lived it. 
and, and, and in living it, um, I had pretty much understood that when they would share that with me and trying to put an answer and understanding. But now that I felt it, I said, we must do something in the preparation for it. And hopefully, you know, next month as we work into the pre-cana, I want to try to make that part of my presentation to where the, the, the future um, groom and bride of the celebration can, should be the main attraction, should be the ones that we're coming to for. And in doing so, God's presence and love is going to be there. I want to unite myself to it. Not saying, God, you should have done this. Lord, you should allow this. Lord, you know, no, 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 no. Know? And, and I think that um, talking as a, as a married man, um, I think that we need to start looking at our ways how we celebrate our sacraments. And I think it's important for us to just realize that, you know, just realize that, that we are joining that celebration, not deciding for the celebration. Yeah. No, that's important. I mean, it's important because at the end of the day, we're there for them. Right. You know, just as they were there for us. You know, and yeah, I think it's really it's a, a really good point to talk about because I think sometimes we do get carried away with the aftermath, the after the celebration, after the sacrament, you know, yeah. we, we focus so much on that and you, you, even, you even hear it today, you know, uh, well, maybe not, you know, since COVID, but where, oh yeah, no, they're going to go to the reception. I'm like, well, what about the mass? Yeah, they don't, they don't do that. No, like the idea is the main attraction, the main event is the mass. Right. You know, with whether it be a quintiana, whether it be a wedding, the main attraction, the main event is the mass. That's what you want to participate. That's what you need to participate in. I kind of joked and I think I told mom um, where I said, when I like when and if I get married in my invitation says, if you did not go to mass, you cannot go to the reception. <laughs> now, of course, I don't mean it in a bad way or anything, but it's just uh, emphasizing the importance of being at, I'd rather you be at the mass than you not, than you be at the reception. I'd rather have a church that is filled because that is the main event, that is the main attraction and an empty reception, regardless of how much it costs. Yeah. You know, because again, the main event, the main attraction is the mass. Yeah, it's, it's like it, um, uh, back in the day, uh, the most common place here uh, was the famous Civic Center for the reception. That was the biggest and oldest, you know, uh, reception hall. And then Casablanca was another one. And I'm throwing out names like this because that's what used to be back back in the day. So, you know, they would ask the couples, um, "Don't they casaste? You know, where did you get married? Oh, at the Civic Center? No, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's right." <laughs> You know, no. They throw out the name of the uh, of the reception hall as if that's the place that they got married. Yeah. And, and they had a they had a wedding in their own church. You know. Mm -hmm. So we we need to really um, teach and, and and really learn the meaning of celebration and how to celebrate. And I think that um, this experience of mine um, this this past weekend was a, a tremendous one. And I'm hoping that uh, we'll we'll make a strive making it better for other people to really start focusing on on that moment and, and, and live it up the way it should be yeah and i think and it's one thing that i think the audience needs to understand off the bat that this is not a you know a i guess a condemnation of any sort again when one does certain things it's because of what based on what they know what they've experienced and what they've lived you know so 
Maybe they don't know that the mass is the main attraction. Maybe they, maybe they don't know that the sacrament is the ultimate, you know, place to be as, as that's supposed to reception or whatever the case is. The idea is for us to be, um, again, like you mentioned, in union with them. And we have, I don't think we as a church have taught that, that we're, the, the attraction, the main event is the mass, whether it be a confirmation, a, a holy communion, even a baptism, you know, and everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to say it's unnecessary because it's necessary to celebrate these things. Yes. But the heart of it is the Mass. That's where the attraction, the main event, that is where you ought to be. That is where you want to be. That is where you need to be. And I think, you know, and regardless of whether people say, well, you know, I don't, I don't go to Mass. I don't do that. You know, whatever the case is. Well, if you want to be one with the person who is celebrating the moment, then that's where it is, you know? That is, that is where, where, it's, where we're supposed to be. Right. So I think it's just really uh, a moment to just, you know, um, learn a bit more as to the importance of the reality of what's taking place in that sacrament. And, and I think that um, you just kind of uh, struck a, a nerve there or uh, turned on a little button of mine because, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the way we see it when we have... Uh, either a deacon or a priest ordination. You go to that. Mm -hmm. You don't focus on the reception of what's going to happen afterwards. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. the place to go. Yeah. And you're right. You're right. I, I don't think I've ever heard, oh, yeah, you know, there's an ordination and no one ever talks about the after. No, usually they ask, did they have an after, you know? Yeah. But the main, you know, event is the mass. Right. I think that should have the same attitude all across the board with all sacraments. Amen to that, Beto. You know, I just, I don't think you'd have a, an event for anointing of the sick or anything, but I, I think you would, you know, have <laughs> Well, there is, there, there, there is those healing masses. Yeah. That where, where the sacrament is incorporated. And, and when that happens, what a celebration it is. Mm -hmm. But we even to that point don't understand the richness of that particular sacrament through that particular celebration. Exactly. Yeah, but... Uh, coming to my senses right now when you when I, when I said that you struck a nerve is wow we don't see it that way when it comes to again a deacon or, or priest ordination mass yeah. we go to it because that's the main focus of it yeah okay and I think maybe that same element of attraction that same element of dedication of going to for that should be placed in all the sacraments yeah and I know I've seen a, a growing number um, of couples young couples and for example, even my friends that are about to get married, um, that their hope, and they've they've expressed this publicly, that their hope is that they get to participate with them in the Mass. Yes. You know, that they get to be there at the Mass. You know, they don't even talk about the reception. They say, be at the Mass. That is the most important place to be. And on top of that, if you make it better, be able to go to communion in the Mass. And it's one thing that I, I've stressed couples lately when we go sing at their weddings, you know, the couples that I've met recently because we're in wedding season and I've met with several couples already. And one of the things that we emphasize is just this reality that we need to know, first, first of all, what we're getting into as far as the sacrament itself, but then the people who are coming in to be with you, you know, how the best way to prepare their hearts for what they're going to encounter, your their celebration is to be in a state of grace, to participate in Holy Communion, to be one, to be in communion with everybody, you know, and I, I would explain to them how beautiful it is that they get to join 
they're offering, you know, through the sacrifice of the mass, you know, and the Eucharist and receiving communion to make theirs one with that of the couple. Right. Yes. And that's, that's like the best gift, better than any hallmark, better than any, you know, whatever it is. Iron or toaster or diapers or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> that's the best gift to unite my offering in worship in the Eucharist yes. with the couple. It's incredible. It's a brand new wine that is forever lasting. It's priceless. And I think that people have done, and this is what I've been sharing to the couples, that that offering that they make, that that sacrifice, because it is a sacrifice that, that they offer in the Mass, goes beyond anything they can ever give you tangibly. Right. It, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's more expensive than, more expensive than any, you know, expense you may give, but it's just, it goes beyond there's no a, limit it's a higher level yeah uh, it's a higher value exactly there we go it's okay. a higher value and that's one thing that we have to just be conscious of and be aware and not just oh yeah you're just saying that whatever no 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 <laughs> this is what it is like this is it the most you can give is that offering because not only are you offering these things not only are you offering yourself your pressure intentions for the couple or for even if it's a quinceanera or whatever the case is you are also, and and without you realizing, through them, they're helping you get to that point of being in a state of grace, so you can participate in the Eucharist. So it's like a vice versa, you know, an exchange of this beautiful love, whether it be a friendship, a family, whatever it is, that it's helping you be better by being in a state of grace, by being able to participate in the Eucharist. But then you, through your offering, through receiving communion, offer your prayers up for this couple, and it's just ah. If they just knew. Just knew. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm, I'm, I'm coming from, that I'm trying to get to uh, starting next month in, in June with our couples there in, in Bricana. And, and even in the process of getting involved in other parishes and, and helping with uh, the parent preparation for any particular sacrament where I'm going to be able to be part of, um, be able to wake up that, you know, be able to do that. And I'm hoping that the Lord will guide us and, and, and the Spirit will guide us to where, you know, this now um, make it more tangible for, for the people. Definitely. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to, to, to take in, yes. But if, if, again, we just have to understand what it is that we're participating in, what it is that we're getting into, and what it is that we're celebrating. Yeah. You have and, to know. And, and on that note, let's go ahead and slip into the, the, the next part that I, I really want to emphasize. And this is something that... Um, as a married man, once you are in the level, in the capacity of a dad, okay, of, of a father, um, we need to recognize the responsibility that we have. And as a married man, we have to share this responsibility with a spouse. So when it comes to our, our wives, the mother of the child, okay, the mom, well, we need to be... Um, conscious of the responsibility that we have and actually see who we have before us in our sons and daughters okay and one of the things that um, I, I've discovered was that um, in confirmation we you know through God we receive um, the spiritual gifts uh, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit okay and we're gonna talk a little bit about that later on but um, as children you know, children have what we call natural gifts, natural talents. And these kids, um, at one point, they are so much um, indulged with them 
that many times we as adults, we start losing them because we also enjoyed them at one point. Yeah. There's some adults that actually continue to enjoy those seven natural talents or seven natural gifts. And um, we'll, I want to talk about them right now a little bit and go down the list kind of uh, fast so that we can have an idea that we are responsible to nurture that for our kids as a married man, uh, as a married woman, um, as a mother, as a father, as a mom, as a dad, and, and be able to be responsible for that. And, and maybe our, ourselves as adults kind of wake that up in us yeah. because maybe it has gone dormant. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully it hasn't gone into a forgetful mode. Okay. And we just talked about, you know, remember. Yeah. Now we just, <laughs> you know, I just saw the movie this week too. <laughs> so um, we, we need to help them remember that, especially us. We need to remember that. But coming back to, to, the, to the seven natural Uh, talents or gifts that children have and they possess it okay as they grow up into teenagers and young adults uh, regrettably they start losing it especially when they they hit adulthood okay we we kind of forget them and we um, we're trying to kind of uh, wake that up yeah yeah i'll let you know where i'm at because i'm right peaking at adulthood i think (laughs) so (laughs) what we're gonna do is um, I have before us, we have the seven natural talents or gifts. And I'm going to have you um, just go ahead and read the title of, of, of each uh, one by one. Yeah. And, and we're just going to kind of splash a little idea about what it means and how we can help. So I'm going to have you, Beto, um, read the actual um, talent or gift. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of a description. Okay. And I just want for you to kind of... Um, uh, understand that this comes from Elaine Meek and she's a very passionate educator and she's a career consultant and she's the one that put this together and uh, as I do research to help parents um, I discovered this because I'm preparing classes for new classes for next year and I, I stumbled into this and, and, and I wanted to share it here first you know in Delia Dad podcast sweet and um, I wanted to introduce this because I'm going to be hitting it hard uh, to help us parents to help our children keep up with these talents for them not to forget them when they come adults okay but they need to practice them and, and we're going to go into that a little bit so you want to start with the first one yeah so the first natural talent that Elaine talks about is adapt- adaptability see how I ad- adapted there so adaptability <laughs> and it is basically helping them to develop a good understanding that things change you know that's one one thing that um, we as parents we have forgotten you know you're gonna do it this way because we have always done it this way <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so we're not adapting okay first of all we've done it for the longest time and perhaps it's no longer uh, adaptable to do it that way so when it comes to this you know we need to be helping them Okay, as parents, we need to help them and what? To develop okay, that good understanding that things change. Yeah. And because they have changed, we need to help them adapt to this change. Yeah. And now, I think, yeah, go, go, ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I, I think it's important because I, I was just, it was, I was talking to a, a, a good friend of mine, a colleague that I have there at school, and she, as I was talking to her just about the end of the year stuff, she was taking down 
her calendar. And she was taking down the days of the week. And so as you're talking about adaptability, they have to learn that every day is a different day. You know, and that's how they start, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And how they have the days of the week, one, two, three, four, five, and then, and then you have the months and whatnot. So it's constantly changing. Like every day is a new day. There's, for example, today, May 24th, 2021. This is the only time in history ever in our existence that May 24th, 2021 will exist. Right. You know? And tomorrow, May 25th, it's a complete new day. Right. Regardless of your routines, regardless of what you do every day, regardless of how things may seem similar, it is a new day and it is a day that no one has ever experienced until that very moment. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we need to help develop that. Uh, as a good understanding of it. Mm-hmm. But we need to learn that first for ourselves when, yeah. we, when we are adults. And and if you're into the thing about we always done it this way and this is the only way I do it, you need to adapt into the new way, okay? Because it, it is a, a, another day, like you say. So I'm hoping that this will start waking us up on helping our children um, continue to them adapt to the change that is before them. Definitely. So that was number one. Number two is perseverance. Continuing to teach children to embrace setbacks as opportunities to grow and develop helps them build the mindset of perseverance to get on to get on in life and work. And that is something that we struggle with because we're not consistent. <laughs> yes. Okay. And many times that's exactly what we teach our kids and that's why they lack this particular gift, this talent starts going away because we're not consistent. Okay? Give me the example. Um, we've been told we've been told brush your teeth. Yeah. Okay? And we've been told brush your teeth at night, mm-hmm. brush your teeth in the morning, brush your teeth uh, every time you have lunch, mm-hmm. dinner, breakfast, yeah. okay? After every meal, brush your teeth. Yet, we're not consistent. No. We're not consistent. So then, you know, it, it is a, a, it says here, a continuing uh, to teach children. Parents, you, you've been told time and time again, especially in the world of education, parents, you are the first teachers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I like to always add, and you never stop teaching, even after death. You continue to teach. That's been happening with you guys, with your mom. And and we're coming up to uh, two years and two months this coming week. Yeah. And um, she continues to do that in her absence physically because she's present in the love. Yeah. And I think that's the key for us to be now consistent. You got to do it with love. Yeah, yeah, I was about to ask you though, how... You know, okay. we have to continue doing it with love. That means when there's love, there's patience. When there's love, there's understanding. When there's love, you embrace the setback. Man, I love that part. It reminds me of the same love that Jesus uses to embrace the cross. Yeah. Because it, it was, a, a, as a matter of fact, the, the huge setback of sin is now being reconciled with God through love. Through sacrifice, okay, and it's it's something that it's an opportunity for us to grow and develop, to help them build how they think, 
about perseverance, about continuing, of being consistent. Okay? Yo no puedo, yo no sé. How many times have we allowed that to happen as parents? You know? We fail. Okay? We fail on perseverance. Because we, we have to find the energy to say, okay, Miko, no, ya no quiero, ya no quiero, and because you don't want to deal with that, I want to yeah, yeah, and you just forget it. Yeah. Well, guess what? You just forgot how to be consistent. You just forgot how to, you know, be uh, have the gift of perseverance. Mm. Because within, don't give up. Yeah, you're being told that never give up, and we are, and we're teaching that because yeah. you don't want to deal with it. No quiero batallar. Okay, so we need to do. Um, our very best as parents that yeah voy a batallar con amor okay if I if this didn't work out let me find a different way how this child likes it because we know that every single child is different yeah and not letter A works for everybody mm-hmm. okay and you might discover that this one it was the Z <laughs> you went through the whole alphabet and it was the Z that worked okay well, thank God Yeah. There was no more letters after that, but it it, it worked. So yeah. you found something, but you have to, and, and it's kind of challenging going through all those 26 letters. That you're going to find one that has the proper love for it. Yeah. Okay. But we need to teach to be consistent. And I think also one thing that you kind of talked about reminded me of Saint John Bosco's approach of teaching, not getting after someone for what they did, rather. Helping one okay, where did we go wrong? Yeah. And how can we fix it? Right. Or if there's something that is lacking, how can we make it better? And that is the not giving up part. How can we make it better? And, you know, his answer is always, you know, ask Our Lady, help of Christians. Um, you know, and so, whom we celebrated today, by the way, in case you didn't, you came in a bit late. Um, <laughs> so, this reality that, that perseverance, we need to have. And I think it's, it's, it's a universal call by Jesus himself. Now, you it's know, a gift that we already have. Yeah. Okay. Kids have it. We adults kind of forget it or dropped it or got it. But I think we I think we need to go back and to, we have to see it as that perseverance. Because I don't know I don't well, I don't know maybe it's just me but when I hear perseverance versus struggle or perseverance versus setback or perseverance versus aguantando. Yeah. Perseverance is like yeah I want that. You because know, then that means like I'm gonna fight to the end I'm gonna. I'm gonna to the last whistle blows to the last you know the buzzard you know I'm gonna go all out till I can't no more and I think that's one thing that we have to just change our minds to this reality of we're made to persevere we were <laughs> my, my parents didn't raise no chump you know <laughs> so we're made to persevere and I think we have to get back to this reality that that is who we are that is our calling that is our vocation to persevere in all things yeah yeah so this to natural talents natural gifts in children we must be very strong you know with it so the next one the next one's a big one honesty Ooh. this one is honesty this actually reminds me of mom she always told me to be honest um honesty keep encouraging your children to be honest in proactive ways will help them to build a, the positive communication skills around their efforts and abilities but you gotta keep it honest okay you gotta keep it true Jesus has told us very directly, okay? And 
Will we, see, will we hear him say, I am the way, I am the truth, okay, and I'm the life? Well, it, it, it's right there. But we got to keep it honest. Yeah. And, and many times as parents, we, we, we don't do a very good job on that. Mm-hmm. We many times disguise our truth, and that's what we hurt. En español se dice, eh, no somos todos honestos porque no nos conviene. Yeah. Because I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I kind of, um, again, decorate, disguise, and do our best. And, and, and to keep it honest uh, and teach our kids honesty, um, we need to be honest ourselves. And, and, and to be honest means to actually go down yourself and do the right thing. Yeah. Okay. And to me, that's a constant reminder every single morning when I go to work or when I come back and just driving. The speed limit says 30 miles an hour. The speed limit says 40. The speed limit says 45. And how many times, and I'm pretty sure you also have this experience, there is one person that is coming fast you know, behind you and then kind of without putting a signal light uh, in the blinker mm-hmm. moves over to either in most cases the, the right side which is you know, it's not supposed to be a passing lane mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be on the left side yeah okay and they they have to go more than the speed limit faster okay to get ahead of you because you are in speed limit okay yeah. like I am in speed limit so they, they go past me in a higher speed and then just to get in and, and they cut in because they're upset because I'm going in speed limit. Yeah. And to me, my heart, well, one, my human nature gets angry. Yeah. And I can see how many people, they throw the finger at me. Mm-hmm. They literally do that. Not only do they break the law, not only do they become, an, they, they lack honesty, mm-hmm. okay? But then they, their aggression, yeah. okay? And in showing their finger. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> who did wrong here? Yeah. Right? And when that happens, it, it brings me back to keeping it honest. And I pray for that person. Because I say, if it's a dad, he demands for the kids to give him the truth about things. To be honest with him. And here, he's breaking the rules. He's being dishonest in himself. And then, on top of that, you're insulting the person that you just passed by throwing the finger at yeah you know so many times we we have to really fulfill a fulfilling have to practice honesty in ourselves keep it honest yeah okay keep it on speed limit Mm -hmm. obey the rules obey the obey the stop sign stop completely obey the stop light stop completely yeah okay in doing so you know, we, we're so quick to excuse ourselves. Es que no venía carro. Okay? And a stop sign. I didn't stop because there was no car coming. Why should I stop? Because it says for you to stop. Yeah. And then the second thing that disguises the honesty or distorts the honesty, who we know it's coming from the bad side, is, al cabo no se hace nada. Okay? Mm-hmm. Nothing will go wrong if they don't catch you. Okay, but they still keep it dishonest. Yeah, and we're trying to keep it honest. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was actually one of the things that I was learning um, last semester about this reality that on everybody has capacity and capability to do the worst of things. Any, any, anybody and everybody. And um, I think we actually talked about this. Um, I don't know if in the in a podcast. I think we did where we talked about how when Father Mike was sharing uh, this this reality that many of us go we have our, our ideas of what bad is what evil is and we, we start with oh I'll never do that I'll never do that right but then just human nature just experiences in, in life it gets to a point where it's instead of I'll never do that it's I haven't done that yet yeah you know because I'm capable of doing those things I'm capable of doing the worst of things and this reality that you know you're not being honest and one of the things he mentioned was was to the point um two reasons why we would do such things either one we will get away with it and we will not get caught you know that is the only way we would if there's a benefit for ourselves or we won't get caught and that is the two reasons why we would break that honesty there's a benefit for us or we will not get caught slash getting away with it and I, I just, I thought it's just really on point with this reality of honesty that we gotta get back. And my mom would always tell me, and it, it's true that to be honest, it will set you free. Yes. You know. Yes. yes. And I think that's one thing that I've slowly learned. I've, I've gotten better at. Um, and because I, I, I think that's one thing that I, I, I get to, I guess appreciate that we get to be transparent in this as- in this aspect that I I know what it's like to not be honest and how awful it can get because of lack of honesty like if you just if you just honest from the beginning you would have not caused a lot of hurt you would have not caused a lot of whatever it is you know turmoil whatever the case is well the truth will set you free right and as parents we normally have said it to our kids and our many times no meches mentiras okay don't lie to me and if the if the kids would have the same power and authority to talk to you as well um what would be that case as parents something okay. to ponder on so we continue the next one is a enthusiasm so on to greener pastures enthusiasm right so children are naturally enthusiastic about most things oh boy Right. So keep encouraging this, especially when it comes to embracing new situations. And and that's something that um, these kids are full of energy, a ball of energy. Okay, they're full of energy, and uh, by all means, sometimes um, whatever your age may be or whatever your day has been, um, your enthusiasm has to be you know a little bit different. Okay, and it's understood. Nevertheless, understanding that their energy has to be transposed. You know, it has to be carried on to something to where it's going to be a benefit for you. And when you're trying to suppress that energy, that enthusiasm, you have problems. You go into a battle, which many times you think you win. You think you win as a dad, as a mom. You think, but you didn't. Mm. <laughs> you know, that kid is still, you know, winding up, going crazy. All right. And we become frustrated. Yeah, so really tangible example here. When I, growing up, he would tell us to go to bed. No, go to bed. Ah, fine. 
and then we're in bed and it's all the boys and we're just laughing for the next oh, hour yeah. or two hours just yeah. joking around not going to bed you know that was the instruction a eh? and only to <laughs> only to just about an hour and a half later get that storm in from mom ya les dije que se vayan a dormir Once it gets to that point, then our enthusiasm is gone. But nonetheless, um, you know, totally just related. I just remembered that yeah, example. Yeah, because that's that's exactly what many times we forget how to channel um, or move that energy or that enthusiasm into something more productive. To where um, I'm not saying that to burn it off or anything like that, but just to transfer it. I mean, there's a way to do it. Okay, yeah. we must discover how to do that. Yeah, and that's something that again, it's just really important to keep that enthusiasm alive. You know, right. that's it's gonna be really key later on in life. The next one is inquisitiveness. It's a really big word. Big word. And what it is is by encouraging children to be inquisitive, it also helps them to build their communication skills and confidence around idea sharing. And I think this is important for us because many times we are very good for that. Okay. We are exactly very good for that. The only problem with that is that we don't have the communication skills really foresee that. Yeah. In other words, to share that, to to convey that. And by the way, real quick, the, just for those of you who are like, um, what is inquisitiveness? Just like I was wondering right now. Um, it is curious or inquiring. So you know how kids are super curious. So that's what we're talking about. This, their curiosity, their inquisitiveness. Because they, they want to know. Yeah. You know, every single child goes to the famous, why? Why? Oh my gosh, yes. Why? I went through that two weeks ago with my third graders and they called me and they ended up calling me, bye Mr. Why? <laughs> like, what? No. So I would tell them, hey, uh, how's your day going? Why? Because yeah. I want to know, why? <laughs> you better stop. Why? <laughs> you have homework. Um. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I totally understand. And, and of course, that's that's again difficult for us because it's it's within the communication skills, but uh, it's something that you we have to um, understand that we need to accept, adapt the very first one mm-hmm. to adapt to this change. It's never going to be like that. Yeah. And, and I have I have to bring this in right now. Um, a lot of people fall into this trap, okay, especially when it's a young mom, a young dad first child and they're carrying the child because every time the child you know cries you know he carries or she carries him or her and there's in our culture that famous ill advice ill bad advice no lo andes cargando mucho porque se te va a embrasilar va a querer siempre que lo cargues and people believe that mm-hmm. okay And if your kid right now is nine years old, carry him. Well, I haven't carried him in years. Exactly. So that statement back then is false. Yeah. And when you had the opportunity to carry him, carry her, because that was a comfort. Okay. That was how you're adapting to that moment. To that curiosity. Why is she or him crying? You lost it. You lost it because le hiciste caso a un consejo negativo. Yeah. So to me... After having, you know, uh, our seven children, okay, I said to Raquel, enjoy that. And I said, what? But well, we were, in, you know, two, three hours in the morning, okay, from two to 
four through five, carrying this child and crying. Yeah, that was cansado. We're tired because we don't know what's wrong with him or her. Sorry, and, I, and I would say, you know, enjoy this moment. Yeah. Okay, it's not gonna happen again. That's true. It's that's not a- gonna happen again. Learn to love it, and and that's something that Raquel and I we would treasure those moments. Yeah. And then when you guys grew up, say, can you hear that? Can you listen to that? And I would say, what? There's no more kids crying here. You're all grown up. Yeah. So when we started to hear our grandkids crying, oh, I, you remember? Yeah. And we missed it. Mm-hmm. We didn't miss it. <laughs> but we were <laughs> going through it the very first time. But again, it's something that here, this one in particular, it, it is something that we need to help ourselves in, in that communication skills to uh, attend to that curiosity, yeah. you know, and, and do our best with it. Next one. So the next one, second to last, is teamwork. Right? It's something that comes pretty naturally to children and is easy to encourage through team projects, team sports, or just nurturing their natural urge to work with their peers. And that's, again, something natural that comes into them. I want to do that. Can I help? Can I help mom? Mom, can I help dad? Dad, can I do that? Can I? Can, and sometimes, no, 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 no. No quieres batallar as a dad, as a mom. Because you're pressured in time and whatever. And you lose that opportunity to bring him in, to bring her in. And that's the teaching moment to where you're teaching this child to be part of a team by doing this teamwork. Mm-hmm. Making him or her part of what you're doing. And maybe you can have to redo it again <laughs> because they don't do it right. But still, you you brought him in. You brought her in. What a moment for, for them saying, I'm part of this. Yeah. On the other hand, in trying for you to do it your way, okay, that you have forgotten already about all these things, <laughs> you push that child back. Guess what he learned. Guess what you taught. That's why this child doesn't help you anymore. Okay, so we need to reflect on those things. And finally, that's, that's a good one, by the way. Um, you want to share something on that? Well, I just think it's really important because, again, this life that we live in is always about teamwork. You know, you grew up in a family; it involves a team to get things done. It involves it involves more than yourself. You know, and you grew up; you have siblings. You know, and even if you don't, you go to school. You have to do group projects. You have to work together. You have classes with other kids you have recess with other kids team formations take place you know and if you're in sports oh the, <laughs> yeah. the, the pinnacle of teamwork you know and then you think you're done you go to college no by the way guess what more more group projects and more intense group projects and you're always with people you're always going to be surrounded with people and you always have to work together to you know achieve your goal you know and teamwork can even be you know your teacher's helping you. You're teaming up with your teacher to help you succeed. You know, and you think you're done. Wait until you get married. Now it's teamwork all over <laughs> again. So, you know, it, life is about teamwork. And I would just encourage parents to just really emphasize the importance of teamwork and allow that child to help you um, with anything, especially if they offer. Allow them to help you in that moment. Um, last but not least, entrepreneurship. Encouraging them to pursue their ideas and asking them questions Think why, what, how questions to help them develop their thinking. It helps with the cognitive side of their brain and will help this gift bloom. And that's something that we will, you know, forever um, 
forget. <laughs> because many times as parents, we are expecting that child to become who we want them to be. Yeah. And here we have to be very careful because um, this is the opportunity to help them uh, blossom on what they want to do. Okay? No le mates el rollo. Okay? No le mates el rollo. I mean, don't, you know, I mean, don't shut him down. Okay? Because, you know, when I was growing up, um, I wanted to be um, part of that group of men that would drive in this big truck and would stop at every house to pick up the trash that was in front of the house and dump it into the truck. Now we have an, an, an automatic arm that it has a, mm -hmm. all have the same type of tra trash can, okay? And now th this this new thing that we have here in Laredo, but back then the men were hanging on to the I car. I've never seen that, to be and honest. They would drop off and they would get things and, and toss in the back, uh, all these boxes because it, they didn't have that one unique type of trash can okay the green one nice. <laughs> they had boxes they had bags and everything was being tossed in the back part of the truck and then they would move a lever and there was a lever that would come over and, and a wall of, of metal would crush everything back to make space for the next one yeah. you know and then they would hop on and grab onto the truck and draw away that baby blue truck yeah never forget i i wanted to do that when i would grow up mm -hmm. okay And, and, and I would hear my mom's comments and my dad's comments. Hey, está loco. Mira, ¿quién anda trabajando en eso? Okay. Yet, it was important because they would clean that area. They would clean, they would throw away our trash. They were doing something important for us. Yeah. Okay. We forget to see the enthusiasm. Of, and I think that was, for me, an awakening later on in years that I, I want to make, not pick up the trash, And maybe I'm doing that in, in helping parents take away and throw away things that are not needed, but have a better surrounding, have a better environment in yeah. family life. Okay, and I think that that concept still is there. I'm not driving any blue truck. <laughs> I'm not hanging on to that. I'm not having that joy. Whee! Okay? Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, we, we I do have the experience of wanting to do something better for others. Yeah. Okay, and I think that since. My idea, that was my vocation, that was my calling, that I wanted to be carrying those boxes and toss them over and, you know, jumping up to the truck. It was a joy to see that, okay? And many times, you know, I, I got shut down, you know. Mm -hmm. I got criticized from my parents saying, you know, you don't want to be that. You don't want to. And, and up to this day, I, I admire, you know, like working in the schools, I admire the custodians, the work that they do. The, the efforts and the sacrifice and, and trying to please left and right. And many times, you know, they're not treated professionally. Mm -hmm. They ought to be professionals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just like that, um, as parents, we need to see what our kids, how they're, how they're thinking about that. Uh, that's why we need to offer them open questions. Yeah. Not closed questions. What is the difference? A closed question can be answered with a yes or no. Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. An open question, they're going to add to it and explain to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, example, uh, a closed question. How was your day? Okay. Fine. Okay. What was the best part of the day today? Open question. Oh. 
they go on and they will dramatize the whole scenery of what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they would open up because they, they embody that. Yeah. So uh, on this particular one and this gift, uh, we need to encourage and help them pursue um, what is calling them. Okay. Um, we're going to continue um, with the last part for next uh, next episode because of the time that we have spent mm -hmm. but these are the seven and i want i want you beto to go ahead and, and name, name all the seven and and give us an understanding um for today that these are the gifts the natural gifts our children have maybe we have forgotten ours and we need to wake that up so the seven gifts the natural talents again natural talents so we all have them and again just thanks to Uh, this information brought to you by Elaine Mead, who, again, she's a passionate educator and she is a career consultant. So just, you know, if you ever want to look at her stuff, she this is where we're deriving this information. So I would really encourage you to do that. Um, so again, the seven natural talents that she explains here are adaptability, perseverance, honesty, enthusiasm, inquisitiveness, teamwork, and entrepreneurship. So a huge invitation for you to just, okay, how are you? You know, whether you're a dad or a mom or a son or daughter or wherever you're at in, in life, if you're listening to this, you're listening to it for a reason. And so we invite you, write these things down and ask yourselves, do I have, well, do I have, is this talent, um, this is the word I want to use, is this talent um, proactive or is it dormant? You know, am I using this talent? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Have I developed this talent? Yes or no? And so that's one of the things that we invite you to do and just to take a take an in-depth analysis of your own heart with, with regards to these talents. And then, if you happen to be a parent, then start seeking them in your children and continue to in develop these talents. Because again, it'll only make them better people better brothers and sisters better sons and daughters better friends better students um and ultimately and all these if we do these correctly they'll become great saints indeed and because we just celebrated uh, pentecost uh we're going to connect them with the spiritual gifts with the gifts of the holy spirit and then we're we're, we're going to continue this with the next podcast to be able to uh have these two connections because of the time that we we invested in on today but um, i'm hoping that this was something refreshing something new something to look into and probably kind of wake up <laughs> if necessary absolutely and so again just as an invitation for you to just take a look into your talents because we all have them God gave us these beautiful things to encounter, to to use, to express, and to ultimately to help each other to reach the kingdom of God. And so, what's your talent? <laughs>